Welcome to the Back to Business podcast. I'm Megan Rogers. I'm manager of AWI Sheep Connect New South Wales and host of the Back to Business webinars on a Tuesday. As you know, the webinars are a collaboration between quite a number of partners, Meat and Livestock Australia, Australian Wool Innovation, AWI Sheep Connect New South Wales, Integrity Systems Company, New South Wales DPI, Local Land Services, and New South Wales Farmers. Welcome to the podcast. And today we'll be talking to Luke Stephen, who is a technical specialist sheep breeding with New South Wales DPI based in Armadale. Luke's been with the New South Wales DPI for five years and prior to joining New South Wales DPI, worked for MLA in sheep genetics for six years and prior to that, two years with Breed Plan. He's probably well known to many of you throughout um, the industry. He's certainly um, got a wealth of information and knowledge and experience and he's going to talk to us today a little bit about how to drive businesses forward with enterprise options and also utilising genetics. So welcome Luke and thanks for joining us today. Thanks Megan, it's uh, it's great to be here and talking about I guess a, a good opportunity for those who are, I guess are coming out of what's been some pretty tough times. Yeah, tough times indeed. And, you know, it's, it's great to see some grass growing in, in some of the areas and, and hearing of, of the joy that people are, are gaining out of um, having put the feed cart away for a while. So, I mean, I guess there's a lot of people now turning around looking to, to rebuild their flocks or herds and, and um, grow their businesses back to pre-disaster um, status. What are some of the options that, that you think are key in, in driving people's businesses forward? Yeah, look, obviously the opportunity coming out of disaster gives producers the chance to look at, I guess, what they're currently doing and what is it that they'd like to do. So that may present new opportunities to diversify their enterprise. It might provide opportunities to buy in similar uh, animals to the original objective. Uh, and it might also mean that they're going to build up, but they're going to do it internally using the females that they have on the property to start. So I think the main thing is is that first point, is just taking five to have a breather uh, and really think about what is it that you're doing and you want to do uh, and have some sort of objective based on what you want to do and how you a plan of how you really want to get there. Um, so if we're talking about diversifying, it might be you know that you're changing species or changing your target markets or breeds, um, and that may require uh, you know a couple of things that you might have to think about um, investing in your farm business that you haven't previously done, such as infrastructure, um, improving that for safe and secure workspaces. I guess it, it it's a bit important in terms of of um, if, if you are diversifying, you know, what you need to do in, in it's, it's all very easy to, to buy that truckload of sheep or cattle. And if you've, you know, only been running the, the other species, then, you know, how are you going to use the infrastructure that you've got? So thinking a little bit about uh, going forward. And look, plans, plans are going to be different no matter, you know, I guess the diversity of business in our great nation is um is great as well as the way that people are going to go forward and and you know execute a recovery operation for their business so you know there's there's not one size fits all here i guess um for those of us who've kept our our female um you know our breeders on farm you know it might be 25 percent might be 50 percent how important is it to um 
you know, think about how we can really rev up the, the production and, and their reproductive performance. And importantly, how to structure our flocks going forward. How, how important is, is it to, um, you know, getting those, that business back on, on track? Yeah, look, obviously one of the big benefits of rebuilding from within is the fact that you don't have the purchase cost of replacement females to the business. So as you mentioned, every enterprise is going to be different because they have unique circumstances to that enterprise and that'll guide what they do. So if we're talking about how we rebuild from within, it's basically around how many females do we have on the farm that we can then make selection decisions around. So as you mentioned, some people might be running at 30% of their their traditional herd or, or flock structures. So the amount of animals that they can um, afford to remove from the female breeding population might not be that many. Uh, but the biggest point is the reproduction rate of whatever females you're joining is going to be one of the most critical points to your recovery from the business. So if we have good reproductive uh, performance, that means that we've got more progeny on the ground and that means in the future that we have more females that we're able to select uh, and also put selection pressure on and that's a good way to make progress there. So I guess we do run the risk of keeping back some of those inferior animals but as, as you talked about just then, it's it gives it still gives you the capacity the following year to deal with those animals that you may have ordinarily wanted to remove from your core breeding flock. What are some of the strategies that we can do if we are keeping back animals that we deem inferior? Yeah, look, I think it really depends on that that definition of inferior and the scale of it. So, provided that you're not going into uh, areas or thresholds for a trait or a, an objective that is going to mean adverse business reactions. It means that the rate of progress isn't going to be as fast as it would be on the female side. But where's that tied into? It really means that you have to buy the best bulls or rams that you can to, and that's flowed, I guess, on from a bull or a ram, um, may have anywhere from 50 to 100 uh, you know, progeny a year, and that ewes or cow is only going to have one or two. Uh, so obviously the impact to have significant genetic gain on the flock or herd is going to come from better selection pressure on those bulls or rams. You make a really good point there, Luke, that, you know, by keeping back some of those ewes that we'd ordinarily cull for, you know, whatever the, the traits are that, that we wanted to, you know, select them out of our core breeders from, but it mightn't always necessarily be the biggest trade-off that there's a whole lot of gain to be made by making sure that you're using and introducing genetics into your flock or herd that are going to drive that forward. So, you know, whilst we might sort of get a little bit sort of worried about the fact that we're hanging on to those animals, the, the, the upside is that you've got more of those animals to, to help drive your business forward and, and grow your flock numbers or herd numbers back to where they yeah. were. Exactly. And the key word I'll probably add there, Megan, would be performers. So uh, we don't want adult sheep that aren't rearing, um, adult females on the enterprise that aren't rearing ewes or, uh, sorry, lambs or calves. Like we really need to make sure that we're keeping animals in the flock that are performing is the key and that we don't have the passengers that are there eating grass, 
and are only going to be mutton um, or hamburgers at McDonald's and not uh, not worth as much as if you know, that grass that, that fed that animal was going to a performing cow or you. And that's really about you know driving the efficiency and the, and the net reproductive rate forward um, for, for whatever species we're, we're running. It's an important point and I guess it really does underpin the rate at which we can improve uh, the productivity of our business. You, you talked a little bit about you know the performance like if, if you are selecting like you're going to get a little bit of a shift in in where the main uh, performance of those animals are but it's not always going to be a, a massive quantum and you know I guess placing some emphasis on those genetics that you're in, introducing such as with your rams or your bulls is, is a key way of making sure that you're really bringing animals that are going to fit your breeding objective. Yeah, exactly. So depending on bull, whether it's bulls or rams, you might be selecting one percent of the select of the available animals. Um, so if you can choose the best one percent, you're going to be in a lot better position uh, on the male side because in the female side, uh, you may be retaining fifty percent of the population. You may only be retain. You might have to retain eighty percent of that female population, or in some cases. If your reproductive rate isn't successful and you don't have the right age structure, i.e. you've got only a couple of age classes, you may need to retain every animal, irrespective of, I guess, what it looks like structurally and how it's performing. Yeah, and, and look, the what about where we're looking to buy a number of size you know do we do we go for the rock star in the in the ram catalog or the bull catalog or do we you know really think a little bit more about a group of animals that we're, we're buying yeah look depends obviously if you're buying as a as a stud producer or as a commercial person so from the commercial end and we're buying teams of bulls or rams what's really important is is that average of, of that bull or ram team and the consistency within that. So while we like to assume that all rams and bulls service cows and use at an equal rate, we know that that's not always the case. So the more consistency we have across that bull or ram team in terms of is their performance all relatively similar, give or take a couple of traits, the better off we're going to be that we don't have a large proportion or a proportion of the flock or herd to a bull or ram that is inferior uh, for a particular trait. So it's that's one of the guides I think is really important is it's the main thing is is that you've got that part, you know what your budget is and how much you can afford to pay for those those genetics and those superior genetics and there's tools like the RAM value calculator in the past that have helped with some of that. Uh, but they're some of the opportunities that we need to be mindful of because as I mentioned earlier, so there's obviously the impact that that bull or ram can have. Uh, if you're using it for a couple of years, you could be talking about impacts in your flock or herd for 10 to 15 years. So uh, we want to make sure that we're passing on the good performance and the good structural and visual traits that we need to ensure that we don't see animals break down. And that's a really important part of, of selecting those animals. We, we could have the best um, best performance traits and, and measured traits available, but again, if if they've got some some conformational type issues that that aren't going to um, ensure that they have a longevity 
um, a, a long career in your flock, but also passing on some of those inferior traits. So we've we've got to make sure that we're keeping an even keel about you know which animals we're introducing and and whether they're meeting number one our breeding objective, but number two our um, our structural and, and conformational um, requirements, which which we've got to you know have have there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the other point I'll probably add that. It, um, is that you may have those bulls or rams on the property already. So part of this stock take and taking a look at what you're doing as a first step is, what are the bulls and rams on the farm like genetically and are they fit for purpose uh, structurally as well? So if those animals are and you don't have to buy as many genetics, then obviously you're gonna be in a good position. My main point on going to the market for new genetics is make sure whatever you buy is better than what you've got at home. Otherwise you're going sideways and in this day, if you're going sideways, you're going backwards. It's pretty important, isn't it? And um, I guess, you know, our younger animals are just by default genetically more superior than our older animals. So if we can be driving uh, their reproduction um, forward and, and, and achieving good reproductive rates from them, then we've got the capacity to either keep back some older ones maybe uh, to make up numbers, but also once we've got that that um, you know increase and we can start um, removing some of the older, less um, you know high quality animals out of our flock as well or herd. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's all based on knowing the animals. So uh, if we have information, we're able to make informed decisions. Where we run into trouble is where we don't make informed decisions and we react. Uh, so in our enterprise planning part, we really need to be proactive as producers around having a plan and identifying genetics that suit the objective as opposed to reacting to the plan and having to take what genetics are on the market, whether they have suit or not. How do I go about benchmarking the animals that I've got? So how can I draw that if I'm a producer looking to, to you know, move forward? How do I go about drawing that line in the sand and benchmarking myself against industry? Yeah, look, it really depends ultimately on where you are and what, what your genetic um, provider, so by genetic provider, I'm talking seed stock operation, what information they have. So. Depending on breed, there's things like DNA technology where you can uh, sample a subset of your animals to get an estimate. You could look at the average merit of the bulls or the rams that you buy each year uh, because obviously they provide half the genetics and aren't the genetics you're introducing, where do they sit within industry? Uh, there's tools like the Morano bloodline package that are, that are a, a rough way of getting a, an idea where your bloodline performs to competing bloodlines, which gives you an idea at least of where for a couple of traits you may wish to improve or not. And then uh, finally, there's there's the option of always running an on-farm trial of just joining um, a similar group of bulls or rams across the two different um, a type of different types or different strains within the flock and seeing how they perform. Um, so yeah, you can't do any benchmarking from the bulls or rams coming in unless they have EBVs or ASBVs uh, because they take that cross year factor out, they take out any effects of um, yeah, the environment. So I really want to stress that there's no point saying um, the bull I bought this year was 900 kilos and the bull I bought 
uh, last year was 850, therefore I made 50, you know, I'm making progress because you're not looking at uh, merit genetic improvement, you're looking at potentially other compounding factors. Really important consideration there, isn't it? You know, I mean, particularly with the fact that we've, you know, in various areas have had several years of drought going uh, back to back. I guess um, there's there's a lot of information out and about, Luke, that we can avail ourselves of in terms of, of giving us tools and, and tips and and methods of, of going forward. There's, there's certainly, um, you know, with the restrictions that are on, obviously our face-to-face -face, um, learning opportunities aren't available to us at the moment, but there's plenty of ways that, that people can go about uh, gaining a little bit more insight into some of these and, and plenty of that stuff's freely available on the web and I, I, I guess I just wanted to sort of touch on with you and happy for you to add some more but um, we've got the, the DPI buying in replacement use prime fact, uh, we've got a buying sheep general biosecurity, um, we've got DPI's drought recovery page, um, have, are there any other um, workshops or, or learning opportunities that you'd like to, to mention that we could um, direct people to? Look, I, I think what we're seeing in the current climate obviously is, is that a lot more material and a lot more extension packages are being rolled out online. And for us as an industry, this presents a lot of opportunity to upskill in areas that you may not uh, have originally gone to so it might be a geographic thing but the other thing is that a lot of these uh, things such as this discussion are being recorded and can be heard at any time so the opportunity to upskill at a time that suits you is a really great opportunity so as you've mentioned there's a couple of prime facts the dpi recovery page at the moment has a lot of good information across the broader um, agricultural industries around recovery uh, not just obviously from an animal point of view but from our uh, soils and our pastures and there's also a lot of good stuff uh, around in terms of the MLA genetics hub I think has some really good information in terms of how to use breeding values uh, but the the main point I guess I really want to stress is that we're living in, an, in a digital age now where the opportunity to upskill uh, in your own time from the comfort of your own living room is, is a great opportunity for us as the industry to invest in ourselves going forward. So what are the skills I need to be successful or be productive in the new in the new business? It's a really good point you make, Luke, in terms of you know really sort of you know doing a little bit of inward facing uh, reflection and, and thinking, well, you know, where can I sort of add to the to the value of, of what I'm doing here and improve whether it be the efficiency, the throughput, um, you know, a whole range of different things. And, and I guess on the back of, of those suggestions, there's um, there's plenty of, of webinar topics that are, are available uh, both on sheepconnectnsw.com.au, mla.com.au. Um, the other sources of, of lots of strong information, particularly with regards to drought and fire recovery, are available on mla and awi at wool.com. Um, so there's there's no shortage of information out there, and I guess it's it's a it's a, a perennial problem that we're now encountering that we um we find that there's so much information just deciphering it, and I guess part of the role of our chat today is to to give people um you know a bit of a filtration 
um, process so that they're able to, to move forward and sort of, you know, cherry pick a little bit of that information to apply to their business. Some of these skills are uh, may not be from our traditional providers that you mentioned. So there might be op the opportunity to upskill in technology, for example. So things like the TAFE New South Wales uh, training might be a good example of, of another area you can access. And they have these free courses running at the moment. And there might be a business skill, it might be a marketing skill that you don't um, currently have that could really add some value to your business. Uh, the key is, as you said, there's a absolute mountain of information. It's just identifying what are the what are the shortages in your business and yourself that you need to or look to improve. So if you have any sort of idea where you're starting, then you know where you can go, uh, where you want to go, and what you need to get there. So our famous uh, measure to manage, isn't it? It's it's where like benchmark your business, benchmark your your animals if you can. And um, you know, set yourself a bit of a chart of, of um, you know, path of of recovery. And um, there's you know, there's also the back to business consulting uh, program, which is available through MLA as well, which is um, proving to be quite popular at the moment. I guess um, as we wrap up, I you know, we, we talked about the importance of of our um, of our management of our uh, core breeders, uh, whether they whether they be cows. Uh, or use, um, you know, or other species. And I guess, you know, making sure that our feed base is um, humming along and that we're feeding them really well because nutrition is quite an important part of, of driving flock reproduction. Did you have anything that you wanted to add in, in that space, Lou? Yeah, obviously, you know, our animals, if we're managing to best practice condition scores, uh, then they're going to be give us the best opportunity to have good reproductive results. So I really stress um, packages like Lifetime U um, in terms of getting hands on stock and, as you said, um, measure to manage. So measure those condition scores, have an idea where you want to target them and then identify what additional management may be required to get them there. Uh, I think, as I've mentioned, uh, if we can lift our reproductive rates, it gives us such a good opportunity to build from within uh, and that can then help us rebuild in, an op in a manner that is consistent across the quality of our product that we're producing. Really important um, insight there and, and I think one thing that, that I'd sort of add, add to, to the conversation here is, is the measure to manage monitoring as you're coming out of drought or a, a situation where you've been burnt out and your feed has been um, destroyed and is recovering, measuring the response of your use coming out of that so that you don't get to time to put the bulls or the rams out and go, oh gosh, they've fallen short. Give yourself every opportunity to, to drive those animals forward by keeping an eye on them. Yeah, and it goes back to, once again, one of the other key points about being proactive in the business. Uh, and the more that we are proactive in that management, the more we can deal with the, um, issues before they become issues. So we're not making mountains out of ant mounds. Yeah, I like to think of it as a, as a planning horizon, you know, and if you can keep your planning horizon as far in front of you as possible, and then it's not immediately in front of you, but it's, you know, for example, just metaphorically at arm's length, then you've got time to adjust, you know, and, and we know that animals take time to put condition on, they take time uh, to lose condition and, and the impacts can be quite severe. So I guess, you know, giving yourself time and giving yourself some some space to, to achieve those goals is really critical as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
Luke, is there anything else that, that you wanted to, to add to our, our chat today? I've really enjoyed catching up with you. And I think that, that what you've mentioned is really important and, and are some really tangible ways for people to go forward. Anything else that you wanted to add? Look, Megan, I think in wrapping up, there's just it, there obviously is an opportunity within all all these uh, these things to look at how we do things and improve our business uh, businesses. My only advice is is that you've got a plan to do it, and you you make decisions in line with your plan. Wise words to 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 wrap up today, and and Luke, thanks so much for for taking the time to catch up with us. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I think that, that today's uh, catch-up's been really beneficial in, in giving people some tangible, um, you know, goals to set and, and also some strategies by which to, to really, um, you know, build, rebuild their flocks and herds. So thanks again for joining us on the Back to Business podcast. No worries. So just a reminder too that there's all this information that's great uh, for industry that's been put together through this series so thank you megan and thanks to the funding organizations for bringing these knowledge base out to the wider industries that's a good opportunity for me to finish by saying again just mentioning all of the partners on our back to business um webinar series um being meat and livestock australia australian wool innovation awi sheep connect new south wales integrity systems co New South Wales DPI, Local Land Services and New South Wales Farmers. Thanks again, Luke. And um, thanks everybody for joining in with us today and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Back to Business podcast, a partnership of Meat and Livestock Australia, Australian Wool Innovation, Integrity Systems Company and Sheep Connect New South Wales. In the meantime, if you're finding this information really useful, we would love for you to share this podcast amongst your own networks and appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes so that other farmers can find this back-to-business podcast.